Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Let's get the latest from Green Bay from Mike Clemens. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. And so the last green 19 from Aaron Rodgers today is victory formation. And that'll do it. And the Green Bay Packers moving on to the NFC Championship. And they'll do it here at Lambeau. Definitely thankful to be back here. A lot of people didn't think we'd be back here after last season. You know, we got a lot of uh, interesting comments last year about us being the worst 13-3 team uh, that people had seen. Uh, not the same type of comments this year. Obviously, we're clicking a lot better on offense. I'm thankful for the chance to be bland. There were so many unknowns when we started the season, just a Zoom offseason. Well, we're going to get to this point. Now we're here and we have fans. You know what? That's a good point from Aaron because we haven't heard anybody say that this week. The worst 13-3 and football team, which seems to be more of a last couple of years thing. Oh, the Bears are the worst 5-1 and team ever. If you're 5-1, and you're 5-1. and one. I you're 13 and three, you're 13 and three. But I think we can agree as we talk to Mike Clemens, Mike Clemens NFL on Twitter. I think we can agree that this 13 and three team is probably a better overall football team than, than last year's 13 and three team. Well, and a lot of people question that when, you know, last year they were beating the Giants, which, you know, were a train wreck. I mean, some of the teams that got late in the season. But, you know, you're in your second year, and what is LaFleur 23? Seven and seven, or something like that. I mean, it's just—it's ridiculous. And so you've got to say, look, man, the program's working, and uh, any team can upset another team at any given time. And uh, some news—you know, this—the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel saying they flew in Tremont Williams on a private jet to meet with him. Uh, he had gotten released from the Ravens after spending some time with them the last couple of months of their season, and. If they sign him, um, if they if, if they did already sign him yesterday and they bring him in today, you know, I guess you just got another guy there you can use as a backup in the secondary. I'm still confused how they can do that. Well, because there's because there's just the rules are so much more open because of COVID, just like Jared Valdir, you know, last week. I mean, it's it's there. He's a free agent, um, and you know they can bring him in. They've got you know these expanded practice squads as well. And and Jake Kumaro, they had a meeting with him. Now, he got released, like, last month by the Bills. Remember, you had that big touchdown catch that kind of went viral. Uh, a lot of Packer fans back in Wisconsin were, were playing that. But a couple weeks later, they got some of their receivers back, and they let him go. I would think that, you know, Kumaro is maybe a guy that they think that they could help him out on their special teams coverage. Certainly familiar. And, on, you know, if suddenly you have a rash of – injuries and two guys go down, then, you know, Kumaro could 
could uh, go back out there. I just I don't I'm not sure that he unseats you know anybody on the on the depth chart that's healthy. Yesterday at practice, um, A.J. Dillon was a limited. It was just kind of a walkthrough, but he suffered that quad in the Rams game. And then Chris Barnes, you know, you're starting inside linebacker with the radio helmet. You know, they had the coaches had to put the helmet on for him because he came out of the locker room, um, you know, about halftime with a cast on his left hand. He's got a broken thumb, you know, dropped that uh, potential interception. But, you know, Petten wants him in there running that defense. And uh, so he'll he'll probably still play with the with the cast. I you know actually we didn't even get a chance to ask Lafleur's if he predicts how long the cast will be on. But you know we're only playing one game right now. We're not talking about the Super Bowl yet or anything like that. Um, Mercedes Lewis actually practiced. You know they often rest him with his knee. And um, I'm missing something. Mason Crosby was limited in practice. I don't know how messed up his shoulder was. You know if he. But, uh, you know, I assume that he's going to be able to perform his duties. People don't think that's such a big deal. But, you know, I, I don't know if you can kick field goals if your arm's in a, in a sling or, or, or something like that. So he was able to kick, you know, in the second half of the game. Uh, but he missed, you know, the halftime warm-ups because he was getting his shoulder checked out. So, um, so all in all, everybody was on the field in some capacity yesterday, and that hasn't happened in probably about 17 weeks or so. There's been a lot of uh, obviously storylines that you know you're either picking up steam or picking you know or not. I think that one storyline that's interesting is the cold. Is the cold going to bother? And Bruce Arians has tried to downplay it. I, I don't think you just ignore it. The other thing is we're asking: Do you ignore what happened in Week Six? I think that there are things you can learn from Week Six. I know a lot's happened since then. It was like three months ago. But I wonder how much the Packers are looking back at that one. They lost 38-10. to They were up 10-0, gave up 38 unanswered. They don't – you look at that tape again, it's like unrecognizable from the team that you've seen the last yep. month. Yep. And I, and I, I, I kind of found – I finally found my notebook from September and October. And the things that I put down on it in the press box at Tampa, and because I couldn't believe how frazzled early in that game Aaron Rodgers looked you know, under the binoculars. I mean, he was just looking left and right and, you know, like in a panic. And I don't know if it's because it was a big game and he's against Brady. I know that sounds silly, but I, I know these guys. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, I can pick up on this stuff. And, and then he, remember how, you know, uh, snippy he was, like, for the next week? Yeah. You know, when somebody said, hey, are you concerned that maybe the Buccaneers' defense and Todd Bowles' defensive coordinator have kind of figured you guys out? Long pause, and Rodgers goes, so you think after, you know, five games, they've already got us figured out? Really? Okay. You know, I mean, you know, Mr. Beautiful and <laughs> Positive was pretty grumpy, and I think he was mad at himself about what happened in that game and the two picks, and they, he and his coaches couldn't figure out where the pressure was coming from. Bowles was bringing it up the middle. He was sending corners, all that stuff. And for me, I, you know, when I see a defensive team beat up people, like you saw the Rams do a couple of years ago, like you saw the 49ers do last year in the preseason, and on top of that, they got a veteran like Richard Sherman. He said, oh, these guys. And then they, George Kittle, the boot, on the other side, and they're getting Garoppolo back at quarterback. In the preseason, you say, 49ers, they're, they're going to be the team 
to watch out for. And and they and they were. They had some injuries. They had a couple of losses. But man, they got back. Their guys back in December, and they just clobbered people. But they got out finessed. Uh, uh, you know, speed from Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins down the right side, and they lost. They lost a close Super Bowl. So um, Buccaneers and that defense, and uh, and and you know what? After watching the the game again against the Saints. The Packers did the same stupid stuff that Drew Brees and the Saints just did four or five days ago. You can't give these guys a couple of short fields with interceptions. And everybody forgets this. It's like 31-10, and maybe, you know, Rodgers could still pull something out there in the fourth quarter, get a couple of quick scores, onside kick and all that. And then Brady's driving down, and he gets to the two. All right, well, if we just hold him to a field goal here, and they and the the Packers have got 12 men on the field on second down. And so, so then they walk in. Ronald Jones walks in with a touchdown. And that's what put it out away. So do you think that this Packers team is going to make those kinds of stupid mistakes like they did back week six? Probably not. If they do, they will lose the football game. And Rodgers was asked yesterday afternoon, what are some of the things that happened in that 38-10 blowout to the Bucks week six that concern you for this Sunday? It's hard to say. I mean, to be honest, it's been, that was so long ago. You know, that was uh, months ago. And I think we learned uh, a lot from all of our wins and losses. You know, I think that's the, the part of this game that's so important is to grow uh, with each uh, each game. And you know, we lost three games. We lost them. We lost uh, at home to Minnesota as they kind of started turning things around and hit a good uh, good stretch there. And obviously lost uh, at Indy all, uh, you know, all three games had different components and that they caused the losses. I think, as I've talked about for a long time, the most important thing is how you're playing going into the playoffs. And we finished off after losing to Indy. Um, so we've been playing the right way. And I feel like the way we've been winning has been better than early in the season. You know, we've been playing a lot better on both sides of the ball. Well, Aaron's right about that. The offense, Mike, has been so sharp that they seem to have a complete command of what it is they they want to do. You know, sometimes the brain thinks one thing, the mouth says the other. The Packers, they want to do something, and then when they get on the field, they're able to do that something. Yeah, and, you know, Matt LeFleur will say this over and over again. I don't design 14-play drives that take eight minutes off the clock. I, every play is technically supposed to be Aaron Jones for 60 yards. You know, Alan Lazard over the middle, you know, behind a corner and a safety for a 58-yard touchdown pass. This is what we draw up. This is what we, you know, set up. We make all of our plays either look like it's run or pass. You can't tell because the formations are the same. We could do a run out of it. We can do an RPO out of it. We can throw a deep ball out of it. We, if, if we got a great deep ball pass, we still got to figure out a formation so that it still looks like it could be a run before we can put that play in or that matchup. But I'm telling you, you know, everybody's talking about some of those other plays. Um, but there's there's two things about Saturday night's game against the Rams that uh, that I thought were outstanding, or was Sunday. I'm, I'm losing track. Is uh, no, you're right. Uh, is first of all, there was this one play, maybe third quarter. Remember when Rodgers is he's scrambling in the end zone, and it looks like he's about to maybe go down for a safety, and he flips a ball 21 yards out down the numbers to Alan Lazard. And well, it didn't It didn't look like he was going to get a safety because he. it was like he wasn't even in the end zone. The way that he was dancing around, he just trusted his line, 
I mean, Roger, he was. I know. I was like, Rogers, you're in the end zone, dude. He was two yards deep in the historic south end zone at Lambeau Field. You know, Aaron Donald and company scrambling around him. Like, you're going to get his, you're going to get killed. Or there's going to be a safety. And somehow the ball gets out of his hands. You know, I was watching the TV replay. They've got a ground shot that's pretty good. But I mean, in person, how did he get that ball off and on target? And Lazard pulling it in. But the other thing that's just a thing of beauty is 14 plays, eight minutes off the clock. Um, it's eight running plays. And they used all three of their running backs. A.J. Dillon got in there. It, they burned out the end of the first quarter. It carried over. They had a change field go to the second quarter. This is the part then where Aaron Donald gets you know flagged for the you know unnecessary roughness of the taunting or whatever. And you know what started that was? Elton Jenkins, the second-year kid, he's, he's taught, doing some trash talking to Aaron Donald. And just as the rest arrived, then he shut up, and Aaron Donald's coming back at him, and it was Donald that got the flag. I mean, and, and David Bakhtiari and Corey Lindsley were laughing about that after the game on how the kid even you know, baited a veteran like that. And there were three passes in there, one to Tanya and Lazard, and then this brilliant play with Devontae Adams where they motion him, and Jalen Ramsey follows him, and he comes back. I mean, what a drive. And so I asked LaFleur about that yesterday. That put you up, you know, um, was 10-3 in the second quarter over the Rams. And I said, I, to me, when you get to the 10th or 11th play, I'm almost thinking, like, what is he going to call next? It almost gets suspenseful. But no question about it. You say, the Packers have got this, man. They've got the Rams. They are controlling their opponent. And I asked LaFleur about it. It feels good that you're you're staying ahead of the sticks and you're able to convert on some third downs. But – it's just about trying to stay in the moment and, and, and try to give our guys the best opportunity to go out there and, and be successful. And then it's our guys' ability to take whatever it is we're trying to get done and then go out in there and execute. And, you know, we're, we're very fortunate that we've got a lot of great players that are able to, to make us as coaches look good. So that's always, that's always a great luxury to have. Talking with Mike Clemens, we are going to have a ton of Packers coverage, not just today, Friday, Sunday. Don't forget Horvath and I 11 to two here on the fan to get you ready right up until kickoff. One guy that I've enjoyed listening to Mike is Devonte Adams. The confidence that comes out of this guy uh, when he talks to you guys is uh, it's radiant, you know, and, and also just think about, even though he missed the two games, if you watch him earlier in the season and still kind of working out the kinks a little bit, but just getting better week after week after week. Now, the thing about this is there's no question about it that these two linebackers they've got on the inside, Devin White, Levante David, they kind of remind me, you know, of Patrick Willis and company, you know, under Jim Harbaugh. I mean, these guys come over the A-gaps. They are really strong. They are punishing. Uh, White is extremely fast. David is more of a, of a bruiser. But, you know, Todd Bowles, he feel, oh, he's still got the Gamakasu on that line, too, and Golston. And then maybe he'll shoot like uh, Winfield Jr. You know, his dad played for the Vikings all those years. Um, or one of the corners, like Murphy Bunting, they'll have a corner blitz. And so... Uh, you talk to some of these, these coaches, and, and you, you talk to, like, Devontae Adams on the floor and Hackett, uh, you know, sort of hinting that the defense has made some wholesale changes. 
when facing the Packers? Um, I mean, that's happened a lot this year. It happens more often than not, honestly. You got certain teams where, you know, they, they kind of play what they play and they stick to it. And then you have guys who know that when you go against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you got to play it differently. You can't just trust guys to go play one-on-one and, and have too many one-on-one matchups. Otherwise, we'll expose that and we, we have all year. You know, that's that's just the way it is. You, you can't give Aaron certain stunts. You can't give him certain coverages because it'll just get picked apart just based off of knowing who you're dealing with. So, um, the challenge in that is for us is to just know what it is that other people have been doing that's worked and be able to, you know, make adjustments and still be able to make our pass game, run game work, regardless of what they're doing. Because obviously they're changing what they're doing to benefit them. So typically it would make it tougher on us. But if we uh, if we lock into what we're doing and, and we find a plan and um, we find a way to, to adjust to that, then we can expose whatever it is that they do. Mike Clemens, who always gives us the latest from the locker room, I'm excited because uh, Horvat and I have been talking about this Adam Stenovich guy who runs the offensive line, and I like that we're going to hear from him. Yeah, and, you know, if if coaches start getting picked on, you know, for interviews and stuff, because what the Packers offensive line has done this year is, you know, nothing short of incredible, and then you lose David Bakhtiari, and, you know, the guys, like Corey Lindsay, like what Billy Turner's doing a left tackle so far is pretty darn amazing because Bakhtiari, is so, he's the best in the business and just got paid a lot, highest paid lineman, and here you got Turner pulling that out. So Adam Stanovich, though, you know, the coaches, it's at the point where, I mean, they know all their guys now, and there isn't too much more mystery as to who's going to do what if this guy goes down or whatever. And so short of just actual game plan, there hasn't been too much to discuss with these guys, but Stanovich gave us this for sure last night. He says, if those two inside linebackers, White and David, if if they're putting pressure on the quarterback, because White's got like nine sacks, um, are there other things you have to worry that Todd Bowles will dial up for you? Yeah, they're very talented across the board. There's not, you know, there's not one guy that is head and shoulders above the other ones, but they're all really good. Every, every O-lineman across the board has to be on there on their game because every guy is very talented. Their linebackers do an excellent job, uh, 54 and 45, do an excellent job pressuring. You get a linebacker pressuring the, the way they do, that creates a lot of problems as well. Um, he does an excellent job with his pressure packages and everything like that. So, yeah, that's that's a huge part of our game plan is just managing that and trying to put us in the best positions to, uh, to succeed. Of course, a lot of the talk is Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I think we always thought we'd see – that meet in the postseason, but we thought we'd be a Super Bowl, not uh, ever in the NFC Championship. Yeah, and um, and and when I was at that game in Tampa, uh, and the game was over with, and you see Aaron and you know Tom Brady, you know, chat for a while, and then I see uh, what's I think he's seventy six, one of the Packers' uh, offensive linemen standing around, and then he walks up to Tom Brady, and I'm like doing a double take, like, what is this kid? What are you? <laughs> Are you going to get an autograph from Tom Brady or whatever? And I realize it's it's uh, John Runyon, Jr. And I think, well, why would he be talking to Brady? And then I start thinking, okay, okay, oh, that John Runyon's from Michigan. Oh, that's his dad played at Michigan before he played all those years with the Eagles and then later ran for Congress. And so uh, the next time we had a chance to talk to John Runyon, Jr., uh, which was last month, and I happened to ask him, how, how do you know Tom Brady? Yeah, uh, I've met Tom a few times. Uh, he and my dad were uh, pretty good buddies back at uh, Michigan. I think they were 
roommates at some point in the summertime. One of the years when my dad was a senior, he was a freshman. My dad's always been in contact with Tom and uh, having that kind of Michigan connection. Uh, he came up for uh, one of our games, I think it was against Colorado in 2016. And I was injured at the time and uh, I was just standing on the sideline and I got called up over by uh, somebody saying that Tom Brady wanted to meet me. And here I was like a 19 year old college kid and Tom Brady said that he wanted to meet me. And that was probably one of the coolest experiences. And, um, you know, after the game, uh, I, I, don't, I don't, I didn't think that he'd recognize my face, but after I introduced who I was, uh, he was pretty excited to see me and uh, told me to, you know, tell my father, give him his regards and hope my family's doing all right. And it was a pretty cool moment that I didn't expect for it to blow up. I just wanted to say hi to Tom and cause he's my dad's friend. Yeah. That's, you know, my, my dad's friends are like, teachers and yeah his friends that that's friends tom brady well and the, the thing is it's just there's so much you know tom brady's been made infamous because of the deflate gate and all kinds of other things going but you know i've 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 had these sessions with him where you sit with him in a room with about mm, 30 or 40 other people and and you just talk to him for an hour at super bowl like up in mall america couple of years ago again he ended up losing to the eagles there were some students there from japan and so he just had a dialogue with them about oh, so you're here for japan well why are you here oh how did you get here to cover the super bowl and he's learned about them i mean he's you know he's an interesting guy he's he you can't be who he is without having pretty good people skills leadership skills and all that so these buccaneers come in with five losses on their season they lost twice to the saints uh, they got blown out one time at home, 38-3. to And then they turn it around and beat the Saints in the Superdome when it counts in the postseason. They lost to the Rams uh, at home in Tampa. And the most embarrassing loss is when they lost in Chicago to the Bears. Couldn't get their offense going. And, you know, they had some real second-guessing going. Back. But I talked to – I was on the air with some station in Tampa yesterday. They called me, 813 area code. And I said, well, you know, what do, you, what do your fans think? And they're – it's a ghost town. Tampa thinks that it's over. That they're not going to be able to take out Aaron Rodgers in the way they're playing at Lambeau. Mm. They were hoping that you know if the Rams could beat them, that they could get the Rams at Tampa. You know this weekend that you know, then they could get a shot to host the Super Bowl for the first time in 55 years. And Tom Brady was asked, you know, they've got a seven-game winning streak on the road this year. So after that win in New Orleans Sunday. You know, for one reason or another, we've just done a good job. Some years it's been like that. I've been a part of other teams where it wasn't quite like that. Um, let's keep that streak going. That would be pretty sweet. So let's get another one. We're going to be challenged to get it because we're going up against, like I said, a great football team. It's a great environment. I mean, this is one of the coolest stadiums in the league to play in. And, uh, you know, I know they're excited. We'll be excited. It'll be make for a great football game. They're trying to do Tampa is what the Packers did in 2010, win three games on the road to get to the Super Bowl. But this time, Mike, the reward for Tampa, if they do that, would be they then technically get to host the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And Rick Strzok is a guy we've had on the station. He covers the Buccaneers. Great guy, great reporter. Um, yesterday in the press conference, the virtual teleconference, um, he asked that Levante David, that inside linebacker, I said, uh, hey, have you seen around the stadium that they're already putting up the Super Bowl state signs for Super Bowl 55 around 
Raymond James Stadium in downtown Tampa yet? Uh, it was one day I was driving. Actually, I think on the way to the airport uh, last week, it was driving. I mean, the first week when we went to uh, Washington, I think on the way to the airport, I first saw it. Like, dang, they putting the Super Bowl stuff up already, you know. So it was kind of, you know, it's kind of surreal. It's definitely, you know, definitely uh, something to something to be, you know, happy about, and it's definitely something that's in our grass. Now we just got to go out there and uh, take Ben, take care of business against a great football team. But uh, it's definitely something that's a very, uh, you know, humbling and great to see. Would Bruce Arians, their coach, be using that as like a motivating tool, or does he not care? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, uh, Bart, because someone, one of the, another reporter later on asked Bruce Arians the same thing. Hey, Coach, are, are you and the guys, are you getting excited seeing those Super Bowl 55 signs going up around Tampa yet? Yeah, we don't play that game this week. That's the message to everybody. We play the Packers in the NFC Championship game. You start thinking about the Super Bowl, get your ass beat and be packing your bags on Monday. Uh, so that would be a no. <laughs> I'm not a Bruce Arians guy. Really? I, I'm glad he didn't get the job here. I, I oh well, okay. Yeah. I think I think there's a fake toughness to him. Is my point. I don't know. You know, I've watched interviews with him and around his house. You know, he likes drinking wine and the, the finer things like that. I mean, he you know he remember how you know he took over for Picano there and with the Colts and that's where people say, hey, this guy's been overlooked. He's got you know head coaching material and. You know, he he got Brady, and he's got a good defense, and he's got you know plenty of weapons with Mike Evans and those guys, and so you know we'll see how good of a coach he is at two o five Sunday at uh, at the Frozen Tundra. Mike will be in touch. Good stuff. Uh, look forward to more of your coverage. Thank you, Bud. Thank you, Bart. Mike Clemens, great Midwest Bank hotline. If you're applying for a home renovation loan, you're a bit anxious. Breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com. Bart Winkler, Ryan Horvat, producer Todd, Dan in Illinois. What's up, Dan? Hey, I've got a two-part question I've been wanting to ask you guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.